Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you, the listener, direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for constitutional freedom. So, gentlemen, it's our post-mortem on the midterms. The dust is starting to settle a little bit from Tuesday night. Of course, a lot of people still talking about what happened in Pennsylvania, Michael. When you look at the Oz Fetterman results, when you digest that Shapiro route in the governor's race, is it safe to say, Mr. Gear, that Pennsylvania is no longer a purple state? Maybe time to move that one into the blue column. What say you? Well, not necessarily. I mean, there was tons of money that was spent uh, here in Pennsylvania, and quite honestly, the candidates uh, that were at the top of the ticket on the Republican side were not honestly the best candidates. Doug Mastriano ran what would be called an unconventional campaign that did not get legs. He refused to talk to the media. That was not helpful, and uh, his January 6th uh, connection was also harmful. In the case of Dr. Oz, that was the most expensive Senate race in the country with uh, $300 plus million spent on that. And Dr. Oz was not a Pennsylvania native. That was played out in the campaign. And then the late debate where uh, John Fetterman finally was exposed to the public came so late, many of the early voting had already gone in for John Fetterman. So, you know, when I look at the state of Virginia, which uh, back in 2019 was declared, that is a blue state. Uh, Then in 2021, electing a Republican governor and seeing the legislature shift, I'm not ready to put Pennsylvania fully in the blue column. Jason, one of the few silver linings for Republicans on election night, oddly enough, played out in downstate New York. Talk about the Zeldin effect in those congressional races that went from blue to red in deep blue New York. Yeah, that could be the silver lining, as you say, in New York. Having Representative Lee Zeldin do so well in this election on the gubernatorial race, even though he lost that race, he brought a lot of coattail effect to congressional races across the state. And if the Republicans take the House, they may very well have to look to New York and say that's where the line the margin of victory came from were the Republican pickups in Empire State. Silly me, Michael. I thought gas and groceries were what's going to drive the vote on election night. Exit polling shows that abortion was a major factor in this election. You've talked on this program about what would happen in the first election post row. Are you surprised at just how much the abortion issue drove the results on Tuesday? I think to some degree, I I would say I am surprised. I didn't think it would sell to the extent that it did to Pennsylvanians, but to the extent that it did sell to Pennsylvanians, it was especially younger Pennsylvanians. There was a massive uptick in Pennsylvania and around the country of younger voters in the 18 to 29 age group for whom the abortion issue did make more of a difference. The other part of it is the news media lied about it. They talked about bans and other things. Pennsylvania allows abortion right up until six months in our state. So 
by no means are we one that's leading in the pro-life effort here in Pennsylvania in terms of what our laws are, but the, the news media people think abortion was about to be banned in our state as a result of the overturn of Roe. Yeah, and the messaging here, you know, look at the issues that drove traffic to the polls, Jason. These perceived threats to democracy, I include, you know, abortion in that. How can pro-life New Yorkers package the conversation about abortion better when you hear things like abortion is health care and all those things? What can pro-lifers do better to message this issue so that it doesn't end up hurting them at the ballot box? Well, I think we have to be careful and, and first recognize reality. The culture is not where many of the pro-life community are yet. I believe they will be one day, but they're not there yet. I believe that life begins at the moment of conception, but government is not there yet. The American people are not there yet. And so I think it's important that we step back and say, okay, what can we agree on and be willing to work as incrementalists to get to the real goal? Uh, we're going to have to change a whole lot of hearts and minds, and that's going to mean some pretty open conversations, and frankly, putting us even from government perspectives in the legislation in places that some pro-lifers are not entirely supportive of, but at the same time may mean some wins on the way to the ultimate goal of protecting the sanctity of human life. The big bullseye uh, after the election was Donald Trump, Michael. We saw what Pat Toomey, the retiring U.S. senator, had to say. Uh, the GOP needs to rid itself of all things Trump. Did Trump hurt Republicans more than Biden hurt Democrats on election night? I think there's a case to be made uh, for that, quite honestly. Uh, looking at the endorsements that Donald Trump had in the Pennsylvania races and around the country seemed to be a little bit of a downdraft and a, a negative for some of the, the candidates. And quite honestly, the Democrats took advantage of that. So when Donald Trump uh, insinuated himself in the primary process here in Pennsylvania, I think that really sort of upset the apple cart and created a situation where we didn't have the best candidates at the top, some would suggest. Yeah, former uh, Assemblyman Dove Hykind is really upset at President Trump for the day before the election in Dayton, Ohio, saying, I've got a big announcement to make. He says that stole a lot of thunder from Republicans on Election Day. Of course, you know, next week he's got another big announcement he's going to make, and there's a lot of even Trump people now, Jason, saying, hey, hold off until after that Georgia runoff, because that Georgia runoff will probably decide who controls the U.S. Senate. But I'll ask you the same question. Did Trump hurt the GOP more than Biden hurt Democrats? Yeah, I think there's a case we made for that, as Michael has said. So there is an identity issue right now with the Republican Party. Is Are they the party of Donald Trump, or are they the party of something else? And then, Michael, there's talk in Harrisburg that for the first time in a dozen years, the state house is about to change party hands. Do you think that is a real possibility in Harrisburg? Yeah, based on the numbers that we're seeing now, there's still some races uh, yet to be counted uh, fully, but it's looking like that Democrats will take control of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives by perhaps a one or maybe two vote margin. Their chances were enhanced significantly with the redistricting that happened here in Pennsylvania, and they made the most of it in this election cycle. Yeah. And uh, Jason, how about the makeup of the New York State legislature after these election results? There's not going to be a ton of change in our state legislature. Uh, there's a question still remaining as to whether or not the Democrats will retain the supermajority in the state Senate. The Republicans may break that by one vote, but that's even on the bubble. 
In the Assembly, Republicans have picked up, it looks like, five new seats and held on to every incumbent and open seat. So, you know, picking up those seats is big for the Assembly, but it still means there's a Democratic supermajority in at least that chamber and probably both. Yeah, let's talk about lessons learned from Tuesday. Molly Hemingway from The Federalist had a really good article, Michael, saying that uh, Republicans have got to learn that there's no such thing as election day. There's basically two elections that play out in this country. There's the early voting and then there's the actual day of voting. And right now, Republicans are getting their clocks cleaned because they're not taking advantage of early voting. How can they pivot here and learn this lesson before 2024? Well, they need to do that, uh, and, and all of the mechanics of how to do that, uh, they need to learn very quickly because early voting is new to Pennsylvania as of 2020, so we're not used to it here. Those on the Democratic side and the progressive side have sort of been schooling uh, Republicans on how to do it and get the, the vote out early, and so we see those early ballots coming in that so often favor the Democrats, and uh, we need to learn and uh, learn fast. Yeah, and how about you, Jason, as far as that day of vote versus early voting 42 million ballots were cast before the first polls even opened up Tuesday morning. How do you think Republicans learn here going into the next big election? Yeah, going through our second cycle with this and beginning to see more Republicans are already showing up for early voting. So those numbers are beginning to move. But essentially, Democrats are viewing this as, as a campaign. It's, it's, you know, they're seeing this as a, as a waging a month-long campaign for voting now with absentee and early voting. Republicans need to do the same. And I still saw people that day of basically pulling the list to see who had voted on election day. We need to be pulling those lists every single day of early voting and backing up that process, getting people to the polls. A lot of work to be done. All right, and that'll be the last word this week, our post-mortem on the midterm. And uh, if you have any questions or concerns about what is going on right now in Pennsylvania, maybe you're looking at the makeup of the General Assembly. Uh, Michael, you have a website where you're up to date on all this stuff. Where can folks find you? PAFamily.org. And stay informed, those downstate congressional races that may have flipped control of Congress. You've covered that on your website, Jason. Where can folks find you? AlbanyUpdate.com. Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. 